time again to talk about Game of Thrones. I'm Jason Snell with Monty Ashley. We watched The Mountain and the Viper, Season 4, Episode 8. Hi, Monty. Hi, Jason. Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> I liked it all. Uh, well, did I like it all? I liked almost all of it. I, 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 This didn't feel like one of those episodes where they kept grinding around to characters and... You know, the thing that I didn't like, really, is the strange love story between uh, Daenerys' handmaiden and the uh, the eunuch who cannot... I guess he can love. You can love without any parts down there, but yes, I thought that was a strange sort of love story. His love is pure and chaste from afar, like Don Quixote. <laughs> pure, pure and chaste while uh, crouched down low in a river watching somebody naked? Yeah. <laughs> okay. My notes on that started with the shirtless army, and then as soon as I was done typing that, the shirtless men were all replaced by naked women on yes. the screen. Well, of course. That's uh, yeah. It's That's only fair. Works. It's only fair. That was that was the that was the part anyway. That was the that was the one part that was I guess the least interesting to me because I just thought it was a strange. I thought, I don't know, I thought it was fine as far as it goes. It's kind of interesting to wonder about, as Daenerys says, the, uh, you know, what what exactly, how exactly do they make them uh, castrated? Uh, how do they make them eunuchs in the, uh, or, or is this all false advertising with the Unsullied? Um, but beyond that, it seemed like, are we really setting up an, a, an interesting love story between the Handmaiden and the the leader of, uh, of Daenerys' army? It seems kind of out there <laughs> i didn't mind that scene because it didn't take very long there is a scene later in the movie that i thought while it was going on when is this scene going to be over hmm. interesting what i guess we'll i guess we'll get to that will you point yes, that I'll, out when we get there i will It'll i guess we a, should talk a little bit that's more a teaser oh, that's good that's good i guess we should talk a little more i was there, there are a few places we go back to a couple of times i I thought maybe we could just talk about them, you know, as a group. So, sure. so uh, we we have that uh, whole thing that happens with uh, everybody's taking a bath in the river, and then Grey Worm is like doing his little up to his nose thing, watching uh, Masande as she uh, takes off, or she I guess she just doesn't have her top on, and he lingers and watches her, um, and then later uh, they have a conversation where he. Uh, he apologizes, and then she says, "I'm glad you saw me." And he says, "I'm glad too." So <laughs> take I take back that apology. I guess we all yeah. liked it. I was only apologizing because I thought you didn't like it. Isn't that? I sweet? thought it was. He thought he was really creepy. Turns out he was charmingly creepy. Or turns something. out, <laughs> yeah. Turns out she didn't mind his creepiness apparently, and she's curious now about what uh, what makes what makes a. Uh, a eunuch tick, I guess. Yeah. And we had another scene also out in Mirene where Daenerys rules, where everything that has ever happened to Jorah Mormont was recapped in the previous Lees and then yes. came back to haunt him. Yeah. Didn't he know? You see, you should watch the previously if you're on the show. Cause then yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta get out of town. Cause he gets the, so, so, um, so, uh, Sir Barristan gets delivered by an urchin, <laughs> A uh, a uh, scroll from the hand of the king that is a uh, is the uh, pardon the king's pardon for Jorah, which you know Barristan not being dumb thinks 
you know, this means that he got that in exchange for something, which means he's betrayed the queen because he's actually been feeding information back to Westeros, which is totally true. He's been sending yep. letters to Varys saying, you know, hey, the, the brother and sister are here in town and hey, they're going to sell her off to the to the horse people. And oh, they poured gold on his head and so on. Other yeah. letters that they, he has sent. He's a quite a letter writer. He sent letters all the way through the spot where Daenerys was attacked by, well, not attacked by an assassin, was given a poison apple or something. Uh, poison wine, I think. Oh, yeah. Was it poison and, wine? And that's when he changed his mind, and now he's on her side. Right. And he loves her. He loves her so much. So, But he knew. Everyone as she loves po- her so as much. She, as he, she points out, uh, he saved her from the poison that he knew was there because he was reporting back to the people who were trying to poison her. Um, and he gets kicked out. She she's not gonna she uh, she doesn't want him to die, or she doesn't think he deserves to be executed and buried because then she'll know his body is yeah. there. That's that's pretty low. That's pretty mean. Oh, uh, so get out of back. town. He has to go back to Westeros and see if that pardon still holds good, given that it's two whole kings old by this point. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And they don't even they, they, there's no scene where he's handed the copy and say, well, try to make oh, good of this. Like, that's that's true. Selmy didn't actually give it no. to him. He just told him about it. You just go back and say, hey, you, anybody here who remembers sending that pardon? Because I, I need a duplicate of that. It seems like a good time for somebody just to pretend he's been pardoned. Sure. Like, I- don't have social security numbers. If you don't tell people, my name's Jorah Mormont... Here's what I did. I think you're okay. Yeah, I mean, all, all those, other than Tywin Lannister, nobody is around who even remembers what the heck was going on back then. So just uh, just act, act act natural, act casual-like, yeah. and <laughs> nobody will know. Uh, yeah, so that's Jorah is going to be, he's got a journey ahead of him because he's got to get out of town, which it's convenient that Sir Barristan is there to, to take his place as her key advisor. You know, you don't one need of two of those guys advice. anyway. Yeah. Well, she still has two of those. She has a foreign guy, the uh, oh, fighter. Oh, Bravos. Whenever he comes back. Johnny Bravos, handsome guy. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Bravos, true. yes. That's it's her boyfriend, Johnny Bravos. Uh, but, you know, you need, yeah, th- that's not the guy, though. You need the serious Westeros bearded, you know, advisor guy. And, yeah, uh, I guess. Barristan can do that. They and we know. also had a couple of scenes up near the wall. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, for, I want to say it really bothered me that people were trying to guess what song this one lady was burping. <laughs> because once you get, once you've guessed the Reigns of Castamere, there's only one other song. There's only one other song. So, of course, it's the bear and the maiden And fair. what's the, what's the name of this town? Is like Molesworth? Molestown? Mole? I, mole something. Mole something. I, I think the message they're trying to send there is that Molestown is a classy joint. I just wrote it down as the brothel near the wall. Yeah. That's in which right. everyone got killed, including possibly Gilly, except obviously not Gilly. Not, because no. no, because e- is... Egret, uh, Egret was clever enough to spy her, but, but decided to let her and her baby live. I don't know if, if, if she knows her or remembers that she was one of Craster's girls or not, or whether she's just showing some pity for a sm- somebody smart enough to to hide and get out of the way and and has a little baby but but Gilly's smart enough what which I really liked the 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 stupid lady in the uh in the tavern is like oh it's an owl don't worry and Gilly is from the 
she's from beyond the wall she knows what a real owl sounds like yeah she's using those wildly that wildling training yeah and that and that led to another scene where people at the wall argue about whether they should be defending it or not well, and Sam, you know, we get to see Sam feeling bad, really bad about about it. And they and they I liked how they try to talk him into uh you know, hey, she survived Craster, he's the worst. So maybe she survived this. And he's like, Yeah, maybe she did. It actually works. The pepped up talk actually works on Sam where he feels better. Maybe well, she Sam, did make it. Sam, let me put it this way. We didn't find a body. <laughs> In this world, people die on screen. Yeah. Just take my word for it. Yeah, she's she hasn't been found. So probably still around somewhere. And I'm also unclear on I guess this is a different band. This isn't the guys who sit up on the up on the stage and say, No, no, there's no problem, stupid Jon Snow, get out of here. These are like I guess Jon Snow's guys a little bit because they're they're taking him much more seriously that this is a problem and they're gonna come for us next and they're only a hundred and five of us. Wait, they're those three guys who are at the whorehouse. 102 guys left. Yeah. It's like 99 bottles of beer. It's how many how many guys of the Night's Watch are left. Take, That's why take we tell you guys not to go to the whorehouse. That's right, because wildlings may come and kill you there. Yeah, that was that's actually a, was an interesting philosophical argument. I'm not saying they deserved it, but they shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Thanks. You're not helping. <laughs> Thanks for the perspective, Night's Watch guy. Yeah, so that was our that was our time at the wall, some quality time at the wall. Where there's bitter recriminations yeah. as Molestown is destroyed and everybody dies. We got to check in on Ramsey and Theon. Ah, uh, yeah. So Theon <laughs> got his big moment where he got to pretend to be Theon. He's not very good at it. <laughs> no. I am Theon. I, the- he, had a moment, he had his moments, but then he immediately breaks when he's put under any pressure and just starts muttering to himself, reek, 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 reek. Yeah, if that guy had not gotten an axe in the head... Theon could not have held that together another five seconds. No, although maybe he was just psyching himself up, you know, like giving him like a like a like a cheerleader, right? Reek, reek, reek. Well, the problem reek, was reek, 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 reek. No. Well, the, the problem was that guy was very perceptive and said, "You're not a man. You're a whipped dog." Yeah, he got it. He nailed right. it. Or, or what was it? Or a girl? Are you a girl? No, I'm the other one. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. But the other guys were really smart and said, "No, we want to get out of here." And they all died. <laughs> yep. Because um, here's the here's the thing we've learned: do not trust anybody who has a flayed man on their banners that they carry around. And they got a lot of flags. Those guys. Yeah. They, they really do not have a, really like their flayed man. Their flag is not the honored enemy who we let go after a stern talking no. to. No, most of the flags are like animals and things. They are. They are. We will find our enemies and pull their skin off. Don't and, surrender to those guys. And they did it so well that Ramsey is no longer Ramsey Snow. Now he's Ramsey Bolton. Yeah. Which I think is mean because this is a show where it's hard to keep track of everyone's name. And now this storyline has two people who have changed their names. Do they have Theon to put, has turned into, into Reek. right? And, and Ramsey Snow is now Ramsey Bolton. Do they have to print that in like the, uh, the uh, Flayed Man uh, newspaper? I assume so. Like everybody... Who's memorizing the heritage like Podrick did? Right, they got to put it in like a book, like Who's Who in Westeros. They got to put in there, okay, Ramsay Snow now Bolton approved on this date uh, for services to murder <laughs> has now been made. I really like that scene actually, where 
you know, the Boltons are bad. They're all bad. Roose Bolton is bad. Ramsey is bad. But it's this nice moment where he's like, it's uh, like you made me so proud. You're just, yes. you're just as bad and ter- you know, terrible, awful a guy as I am. I'm so, I'm so proud. Oh, and uh, for my own interest, that that scene got a whole thing to show up in the opening credits. Yes, Moat Ka- Moat Kalen appeared Moat in the Kalen. credits. Which is just a moat and a yeah. fortress. My, my wife said, "What? what is that? And I was like, I don't know who lives there. Is that a thing? I mean, I know it's a thing, but I don't know the significance. And the significance is there was a siege there because it's one of the places in the north where where the Ironborn are holed up from their attempt to take over the north. And now the Boltons are taking it all back. Less interesting. Yeah. Like... I have to take the strategic importance of all these places on faith because they don't show us a map at any point. That's yeah. one. I really liked the occasional Dragonstone scene because Stannis had the giant table and the armies arrayed so he could say, we're attacking here, and that's difficult because there's an army over here. Right, now it's just a bunch the, of places. They're the twins, right, where there's the narrow part that you have to go through. That's the one geography that's, I think, very clear. But this is more like, yeah, there are various parts of the north. Yeah, and again, I really like that scene where uh, where Roose Bolton, they stand up on that hill, and he says, you see the north, and, and the north is as big as the other six kingdoms put together. And, you know, we're in charge of it now because we got those Starks out of the way. I liked I liked that whole thing, the idea that this is, you know, in their mind, they're really just concerned with the North. The North is is their prize. They don't need the rest of Westeros. They just need to worry about the North because it's huge. And um, I think that's interesting that there's this, you know, battles within battles. We've got the big battle for who's going to be the king of Westeros. But then, then, then there are these groups like the Ironborn and the Boltons who are just happy to kind of get the North, grab the North because it's a kingdom in its own right. Yes, yeah, some of the castles, like you say, the twins are out in the middle of the world, and they're important if you're trying to take Westeros. But it seems like Casterly Rock and the Eyrie are off to the su- edges, yeah. and they're only important because they're highly defensible. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the case. Like the Eyrie and the Vale, you don't get the sense. I mean, they're the they're like the tribesmen up in the mountains and stuff. But otherwise, you just get the sense that they're remote, and the Eyrie is is completely defensible, and therefore, I guess, less interesting. Yeah. Unless you jump out a moon door, we. So I guess we should talk about that. We had we had up in the airy, we have yeah. um, Sansa and Littlefinger, and as you might expect, after a guy shows up, marries the lady of the manor, and then shortly thereafter she falls to her death, <laughs> there might be an inquiry. There's going to be some questions. Yeah, yeah, because it is suspicious, especially since he pushed her out. So there, it yes. does look it looks rightfully suspicious. And, um, and Sansa finally makes a move. Like, she does. Sansa, Sansa Sansa showing that she's been paying attention. Yeah, I feel like up to this point in the series, she's just been swept along. Completely passive. Doing what she can, what basically doing what people tell her. Yeah. But now she actually tells people, I'm Sansa Stark, so now people know she's alive and here. Right, I'm not Elaine the niece, I'm Sansa Stark. But she tells a lie to protect Littlefinger. Yeah, and she gets Littlefinger out of the jam by saying my aunt was crazy and uh, and she she went nuts when he kissed me on the cheek. Not 
didn't do that. Didn't kiss her on the cheek. No. And then she jumped out the moon door. And, and, and the credibility from the niece is even greater, right? I mean, why would she lie about and protect this guy? Um, and she sold it by contradicting his lie about her identity to make her that much more believable. Um, and he, afterward... You know, you got to think, little Littlefinger. I mean, maybe he expected she'd do this, but that's a big gamble. I think that he he realizes his his uh, status is really uncertain there, and she comes through for him. And 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 when he asks why, I mean, she sort of shrugs a little bit and then says, "I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I know, I know you, or I better, better, better you than these guys because I don't, yeah. I don't know what their deal is going to be." I thought that's interesting that he's obviously proven something to her. In, in this time, um, and or maybe she just figures he's got a plan. He's, you know, I've been okay with him so far. I don't know. And her reward for that at the end of the episode, she's no longer dressed and acting like a child. She gets a woman's outfit. Yeah. And I think she looks great. Yeah, I, I agree. But she definitely does not look like the Sansa Stark we've been seeing this whole time. You think she got to, she basically gets to go through her aunt's wardrobe? I assume so. Pick out some stuff. Try to find something that doesn't have Robin's drool all over it. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have the little flaps that nursing mothers have in there. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the brief scene between Peter and Robin, just because maybe they could talk about what it's like to have a random Y in the middle of your name. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I did doesn't like help. that scene where he's he's sort of giving him the pep talk, like, yeah, life's meant to be lived. You need to get out there, and I might kill you. I don't know. But you get out there and have a good time, and we're going to be doing some some scheming back here. But no, it's going to be fun. You're going to be out in the world. Yeah. Go get him, kid. It'll be good for him. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, is that not true? We, I mean, has he ever left the airy? It's like, get him out there. Yeah. And... <clears throat> And we had another of the show's trademark Stark's almost meeting scenes. <laughs> I was going to say, meanwhile, a couple thousand feet down on the ground, Arya and uh, the Hound are coming to the, the gate, basically, that will will begin to take them to the area where he's going to ransom her to her aunt. And they get there and announce themselves. <coughs> and again, she she says who she is. So the both of the Stark daughters are are admitting publicly who they are. But there's that moment of, well, we're very sorry your aunt actually died three days ago. And, uh, you know, you got to laugh at that point if you're yeah. Arya. Because it's sad that her aunt died at all. But the fact that the Hound has dragged her all this way and now there's nobody there to pay her ransom and it's yet another fruitful or fruitless scheme by the hound to find some way to make money from her. I, I really like that that she's just cackling madly that this is all falling apart again. Well, she's getting crazier and crazier. <laughs> like her objection to the statement "poison's a woman's weapon, men kill with steel" isn't the sexism. It's I'll kill with anything you give me. <laughs> she just wants to kill people. Yeah, yeah. She complains about. You know, she didn't get to kill Joffrey. She likes it when she makes a list and then kills people who were on it. Oh, well, she would have liked that scene. She's right. She got ripped off not getting to see his face. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it turns out Littlefinger killed her aunt before she could get there. So, you know, beaten beaten out by a murder. That was just, that's really funny. And I wonder, I wonder where they go from here. Because, I mean, if you charted out where Arya and the Hound have been the last... 
um that you know this season <laughs> it's just like they're kind of going in circles like anybody i got a supposedly valuable girl here anybody does anybody want her and the answer seems to be no uh, we killed everybody who possibly could have wanted her the snows might want her just to make sure they can kill her well, like the boltons yeah yeah that's what i mean sorry yeah they changed the names monty it's all crazy it's topsy-turvy they're boltons <laughs> The Boltons might want right, her. Right, because they don't want any star. Starks running around because they want to take Winterfell in the north and, and be done with it. So that's that's possible. But, I mean, at some point, if you're the Hound, I mean, I I guess it's the sunk cost at this point. But And he's got nowhere better to go. But they, they, they have made no progress. I mean, that's why I think I really like her laugh there. It's like, yeah. okay, now what? Of course. Of course she's dead. Oh, that was really funny. You gotta laugh. And I think that brings us to uh King's Landing. I think so. I think I think we've got uh a King's Landing. We we start with a scene with uh Tyrion and Jamie are back in their cell and there's a, a very interesting conversation about their uh their cousin who got dropped on his head. I would not call that conversation very interesting. <laughs> well, I let me let me rephrase that. I found it's a strange little sidebar that we have a lengthy conversation about the idiot cousin who hit beetles with rocks all day. Do you remember earlier I mentioned there was a scene that I found a little bit tedious? <laughs> Did it perhaps involve the crushing of beetles with yes. rocks? Yes. Tyrion told a very long story about their cousin Orson. But you know, the moral of the story is really impressive. Which is... I don't there's know. A Sometimes there's stories and they don't have endings. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's, I guess that's, that's a it. warning for people who like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That It is the Game of Thrones in a nutshell, which is, you know, sometimes there are just stories and I try to figure out why they happened and I got no idea. Because that was really the moral of that story is I tried to figure it out. I asked him. I watched him carefully. And eventually he got kicked in the chest by a donkey and died and we never really figured out why he was doing it yes good times do you think good times with the lannister boys (laughs) do you think jamie thought of cousin killing because (laughs) it still bothers him that he killed that lannister cousin to get away from a cell i don't know possibly that's a good callback it hasn't seemed to bother him all that much i liked also on a meta level that this is the let's detail all the various sorts of murders because they're you know, we have all those words for various sorts of murders, and in this world, they uh, they do them frequently, all the kinds. Yeah. All of the familial murders happen in addition to the regular murders. And certainly regicide is relatively common. Sure. You get your, your murder of kings and murder of sisters and brothers and murders of fathers and mothers. and, and Uxoricide, uh, that's murder of wives. We had that last episode. Sure. But not cousins. It's nope. like, you know. That's just murder. It's Eventually, just, eh. it's just murder. That's right. At some point, like with incest, <laughs> at some point you just got to draw the line and say, that's ah, fine. Yeah. They're only vaguely yeah. related. You can kill them or have sex with them or whatever. It's not, family won't be involved in that decision. Just make your decision based on the facts. Absolutely. That's good. That's Westeros living right there. <laughs> 
and then uh, trial by combat happens. Yeah. Uh, Grandmaster Picel tries to give a long speech that Tywin cuts him off very early, I suspect. <laughs> so it is totally a running joke now that there are so many gods in this pantheon, and nobody wants to sit there and listen to the details about how each god will bless a particular event. Because this is like the third time, at least, that I've seen them do that. Yeah, there's seven gods. Yeah, it's too and many. Who, like, after who, the third god, they're like, but, but, but. Enough. Yeah, whoever happens at the end, which I think is the stranger. The stranger. Eh. Yeah. We don't care what he is. No. The father, the mother, the warrior, the blood, whatever, yeah. yeah. Let's get on with the killing. <laughs> so uh, Oberyn comes out and does some fancy wushu stuff with his spear. Well, he does. I love his confidence because he first first he tells to tells his girlfriend, you know, I am not going to die today. I will not leave you alone in this world. He's very confident. Yeah. And, and He's then, got a servant polishing a sword that he does not use no because he's got his spear spear. thing his whooshy spear thing yeah that's what he uses and um and the mountain is not he tries to converse with the mountain and the mountain just is like i will kill you now he has nothing yeah i thought it was a really well booked fight in that there were two clearly different styles yes there was the guy flipping around and the guy who's just a giant monster charging straight at you and when they're handicapping the the battle uh, earlier with Tyrion and Jamie, that's actually a very funny scene where Tyrion is trying to psych himself up into that there's any possibility that he's going to survive. And at some point he says, oh, God, he's going to get killed. It's gonna, yeah. <laughs> He has this whole thing. And I like that because this, this episode's really playing on our expectations because on one level, um, the mountain has been made this unbeatable enemy. On another level, we're all sort of thinking, well, Tyrion's really important to the show, so he'll probably get off. But at the same time, he already did that once, and so isn't that kind of a ripoff if this guy parachutes in and says, but, oh, I've got a personal grudge with the guy who's going to be fighting against you, and, and so I'll, I'll take this on. So, But Oberyn is being as Inigo Montoya as it is humanly possible to be. Yes. He's got a litany of accusations that he shouts and and just repeats and and louder just like Inigo yeah. Montoya in his in his Latin accent. But I loved it. Also there's a uh, there's another moment in there um my wife pointed out because we were both aficionados of the Princess Bride. There's another great Princess Bride moment in the fight which is the do you remember killing these people and and it's like I kill a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. One thing I really liked during the fight was watching the spectators. Tywin was just glowering. Cersei was getting cranky because the mountain wasn't winning. Right. Jamie was really into it. Yeah. Which makes sense because he is a fighter. He's Yeah, I think he was really into the um the style flourishes uh of of the Viper. Oh, that was yeah. the other line that I really liked is he's called the red viper of whatever dorn of dorn that's gotta be good right yeah (laughs) it's like come on give me a throw me something here he's got a cool nickname but jamie definitely during the fight seems to be appreciating his kind of flourishes and looking at the fighting styles because although he can't do it anymore he's you know he's a tactician he knows about how you would work you know work it in in this sort of situation and i like that that you can see that this is this is what jamie knows this is his profession that he can't do anymore I really like that. I thought that was a good character moment yeah. from the sidelines. Yeah, definitely. And and then Oberyn gets the mountain on his back with a sword stuck in him, and you're thinking, well, great job, Oberyn. Yeah, exactly. But the but this is our lesson, which is which is he could just deal the coup de gras, and we would be done with the mountain. 
But instead, he, you know, he's still saying, say it, admit to the crimes and tell people that Tywin Lannister ordered it and all of these things. And you the can't Mount- die yet. You haven't confessed. Yeah, you haven't confessed. And that was, and that is the, his fatal, uh, fatal flaw, his literally fatal mistake because he lets the mountain, uh, uh, who's been who is is grievously wounded, but also playing possum a little bit, uh, gets up enough uh, energy to uh, to grab him, <laughs> strangle him, flip him over, and crush his head like a like a like that uh, like that Lannister cousin smashing a, a a beetle with a rock. Yeah, he uh he exploded a guy's head right in the middle of the screen there. Yeah, like a that was great- pretty gory. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty. I mean, it, it, there were enough cutaways that it was sort of it, not entirely um, on screen, but there was enough goo and blood and screaming to make it perfectly effective. I think. Yeah, that's so, bad, and, and and it's unclear if the mountain is not also ab- about to die. But I think technically, if one guy very clearly explodes the head of another guy, he's you know. He died first. Yeah. So that Tyrion, guy gets it. Tyrion's defender lost. Even if the mountain also dies. Because, yeah, well, he, Tyrion's defender clearly died first at the hands of the other guy. Yeah. He died first and most. It reminds me of that Star Trek episode where Captain Kirk uh, gets the Gorn knocked down. And then he says, no, I'm not going to kill today. We prove that humans are different and this this would be if like the gorn got up and then just stabbed captain kirk to death (laughs) and would be pretty great and the advanced energy being aliens would be like gorn gorn wins yeah (laughs) they're way more ruthless than you humans they win that's what we're going for here and that's what the gods of westeros are like (laughs) they're not going to take your little speeches they want they want you to kill the guy just kill the guy Yes, that's why Bronn was a good guy mm-hmm. to do your trial by combat. No sentimentality, right? This yeah. guy, uh, Oberyn is a fantastic fighter, but he is completely blinded by his sentimentality and emotion about uh, seeking revenge here. Yeah. And, and revenge, if revenge is a dish best served cold, Oberyn has like microwaved a pot of revenge. Yep. Just kill the guy and then give your speech. Yeah. Everyone will still be listening. You killed the mountain. Yeah, and he could, and he could say before he died, he whispered in my ear that he did it, and and that you did you did this time with Lannister. I heard him. Like I anyone him. cares about that? That's no. like four kings ago. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, who's even left from that yeah. time? Everybody has died since then. But uh, it's a, it is definitely a shocking, uh, shocking change that happens there, and it, you know, the last line is is that. Uh, Tyrion, you know, is sentenced to death. So, to the to the gallows. I guess I, I that you flash back to a nice moment where uh, Tyrion asks what the penalty for regicide is, and it's you know it's just a beheading. Yeah, ah, really? Well, that's yeah. not so bad. That's pretty boring. But uh, well, behe- yeah. beheading is a better idea than hanging because the hanging charts are all based on weight and. Uh. For, Ty- for Tyrion, certainly, right? Yeah, I don't know if they go as low as Tyrion probably weighs. Right. So better to just off with his head. Yeah, So I, I get, would recommend it. I get the sense that next week we are not going to probably see more from King's Landing. I, I get the distinct impression that next week is going to be, it, it's episode nine, so it's the penultimate episode of the year. And in years past, this has been a major sort of single event 
that happens that has huge ramifications and that there's lots of explosions and fights and action. And it seems to me that Mance Raider, who has been sort of <laughs> taking a very circuitous route through the North for the last 10 episodes is perhaps going to pull his hundred thousand guys up to, uh, to Castle Black and and try to take out the Night's Watch next week. Seems well, next me. week next week's episode is called "The Watchers of the Wall." That's a, see, there you go. Which is maybe he just wants to ride in that cool elevator. That does look like a cool elevator. Somebody's using it. I see it every week that it's going up. So yeah. I mean, they're still using it. I don't know what they're watching for. All the guys are on the other side of the wall now, so it's yeah. sort of pointless. Does it seem like everybody's attacking Castle Black? Even though the wall is hundreds of miles long, yeah. Well, that's all that's left, I guess, of anybody. But you're right; the rest of the wall is seemingly undefended. Or I guess there's like a couple other castles we don't see where there are a handful of guys. But that's well, it. Attack, attack there, then. I mean, you already got some guys through the wall. Right. Just send everybody through the wall. Skip the wall entirely is my recommendation. I don't know. Maybe the ca- maybe Castle Black is. Remember, John was saying, "Oh, we got to fill the tunnel." Maybe that's the thing. Is the Castle Black is the best way through? It can't be the best way through. It's the only place with defenders. Right, but it's also got the tunnel. It's got a tunnel. Yeah, I don't know. It's more dramatic this way. So anyway, oh, I think yes. that's what's going to happen next week. And then and then the resolution of uh, some of these other stories is going to have <laughs> to wait until uh, until episode 10. Episode 10, The Children. Ah, uh, The Children. Yes. Well, so speaking of titles, uh, this, this week's title is pretty clear. Yeah, The, Ma- the Mountain and the, and the Viper. I think it referred to that fight between the guy they call the Mountain and the guy who calls himself the Viper. Like, nobody actually refers yeah. to the Viper as the Viper, but nobody refers to the Mountain by his actual name, which is something Clegane. Sandor Clegane. Sandor is the Hound. Oh, Gregor, then. Gregor, okay. Gregor Clegane. Yeah, the Mountain seems to have earned his nickname yeah. more. Yeah, the Viper, you're right. He's sort of the self-styled Viper of Dorne. You know I am the Viper? Okay. <laughs> All right, if you say so. Yeah, it's it's probably that. And not the, you know, the Aerie is up a mountain, but there were no viper-like snakes. Well, present. I mean, no, I, I was going to try to explain how... Oh, the uh, gray Peter, worm. Well, no, that's a worm, not a... Gray worm? No, I think you're probably nope. right. It probably is the fight between the guy who calls himself uh, the viper and the yeah. guy who is everyone calls the mountain. That's probably Seems where like the title it. came from. All right. Yeah, this that's good. I feel better about that than Mockingbird, because we totally <laughs> got that one wrong. Yeah, we missed that completely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little pin on Peter <laughs> Baelish's uh, outfits, and it's his own little self-styled uh, house symbol. We missed Which, that. Presumably, now that he's the recognized Lord Regent of the Vale, or whatever it is he's claiming, he's going to start putting that symbol on more things. Presumably. It's marketing. It's like, yeah. like having your... It's not a flayed man, yeah. but... You know, but it's still marketing. Marketing is important in Westeros. It's clear. All right. Well, next week, bunch of stuff blows up, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else for this one? Did you uh, like it? I did like it. Stories about bug crushing aside? I was a little bored during the bug crushing, but aside from that, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed the bug crushing story only because it seemed so wacky. Like the Masande and Grey Worm romance story. I was like, where is this coming from? Why are we spending time on this? This is strange. 
This well, is a weird I, diversion. Is this is this the last as Tyrion is waiting his execution? Does he does he crush a you know crush a bug or something? And Jamie's like, ah, oh, yes. Now I understand. <laughs> I, I guess it was supposed to be foreshadowing of Oberyn's head getting crushed like a beetle. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. We'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> 